The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, May 1st, 2018, Season 14, Episode number 7. Welcome to another edition of The Break. Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, and We appreciate you guys taking some time to talk some Cowboys football with us today. Post-draft, uh, Cowboys completed the NFL 2018 NFL Draft. Uh, picked up, uh, what's the total number? Five, six, seven, eight, nine players. Um, nine players they drafted, I should say. Uh, we're going to talk about a few of those guys, talk about some of the moves they did and did not make, um, and give you guys our opinions on uh, where this team goes from here. How's everybody doing today? Great. Wonderful. Good. Muy bien. Muy bien. All right. So let's jump right in. Um, as I said, the Cowboys got nine, tra- nine draft picks. Uh, there were two players that they traded for. Um, let's talk first about just overall. What were your thoughts uh, coming out of the draft based upon, I guess, it's hard to do that without talking about whatever your expectations were for them and what they were going to do. Based upon each of your expectations, how did you feel about what they were able to accomplish uh, in the draft? Let's start with you, Nick. I thought they drafted for need. Um, I, I think that they, you know, they'll say all the time that they got best available player, and maybe maybe they did in certain cases. But I thought they they had a need going in, and they drafted for need, especially with the first pick. Um, in the second pick, I, I still think that was a need pick because Connor Williams is going to play guard. So overall, I just thought that, that they went in here with some glaring needs. Uh, they didn't address all of them. There's one still sitting out there. And I, I, I we'll think get to that. they'll get to it, and they will get to it. But I thought overall they, they had some needs that they didn't address in free agency, and they drafted that way. Amber, what were your thoughts? I like it. I like the overall um, everything that they did. I was surprised, though, to see how many wide receivers they got. I really didn't believe wide receiver was that big of a need, you know? So, I mean, it is, but as of right now, if you're wanting to get right wide receiver, I would have expected someone way higher than the guys they got. And I guess that falls down to what Nick was saying, kind of getting best player available. And that's kind of what they said, too, along the draft. When it goes to those rounds you just go for the best one available i i didn't say that i said that they got i think they got best available need yeah best which available is a, which is a very well, a very yeah. good way to put it. yeah yeah and i and, and they have plenty of needs i mean yeah. i mean it's pretty broad right. so it, i just it still surprised me and it surprised me not to see the whole safety situation i mean you get you got very close to Derwin James, and nothing happened there, but it just shows that they really weren't interested in someone like him. And, in fact, they just believe linebacker was a bigger need. That's I, Yeah, I think that last thing you said is right. I'm, and I've said this a million times in the last couple of weeks, like the biggest secret in the NFL is that they all draft for need. That's my opinion. I mean, you do the homework and you lay it all out the best that you can, but at the end of the day, you're going to opt for the guy that addresses the needs on your team. I think – there's maybe five teams in the league that don't operate that way, and there are teams like New England who have had enough success that they're not worried about their jobs. Uh, so, I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that you go down the line of their picks. With the exception of ignoring safety, almost all of their picks address the need. I mean, what are the odds that that would continually happen down the course of seven rounds in the draft, you know? But I think they got good value. I said this in our draft coverage over the weekend. I think 
even if you think that Leighton Vander Esch was a bit of a reach, I think if you factor that in with, I think they got amazing value in Connor Williams. I think, you know, they looked at Justin Reed in the second round. I think they decided Connor Williams was a better pick. I agree with that. Uh, they got great value with Michael Gallup, a guy that they said they thought about drafting at 50. Um, and then all down the line, I thought they got really good value with their picks and most of them addressed the need. It's interesting that they ignored safety, but I understand that that's the way the draft breaks. I think when you factor it all into one big picture, um, what they did makes a lot of sense. We'll see if the players are any good. We will talk about the safety position because I think there's a lot to dive into there. Before we do that, though, I do want to talk about the first round pick Vander. I'm sorry, um, um, Leighton Vanderesh. Um at the time when he when the Cowboys were on the on the clock, you had Rashawn Evans, who was a linebacker, who was still available. You had uh, DJ Moore and Calvin Ridley, both of the two highest rated wide receivers that you guys on the draft show had talked quite a bit about heading into the draft. Um, as Amber said, a couple picks before Derwin James was there, which nobody expected him to get to that range. And I think we talked about even last week that if uh, if he got to 13, 14, we would you know, be okay with the idea if the Cowboys are willing to jump up to try to make a play for him. All that being said, uh, do you think the Cowboys, or would you have preferred the Cowboys go a different direction than Van Der Esch in the first round with all of those other options sitting there on the board? you got to go off of what they wanted, and they, they evaluated Van Der Esch higher than all of those players. Every one of them was higher, so there's no reason to to trade up in their mind and get a player that's rated lower than Van Der Esch. And, and I think Derwin James was right there. If someone takes Van Der Esch, then, you know, they, they, they'll probably, they'd probably take the, the safety, but you know, I, I still think it's not all complete because they haven't addressed safety and they will, they have to, there's no way they're not going to get a safety. So let's see what happens here. Um, and, and then I think when you, you know, lay it all out there, you're going to be like, well, Probably worked out better to go this route than this route because who's going to be the the linebacker if you would have taken traded up and taken Derwin James? You probably don't have Gallup, right? Right. I, do either of you guys wish that they would have done something different in the first round? I I've said it from the very beginning. Like I am not in love with Leighton Vander Esch as a player right now, but I have zero qualms with what they did. I you know I loved Derwin James all through the draft process. I love DJ Moore too, but again. You look. I I look at it as a puzzle. Like you have to look at it all within context. If you and if you don't take a linebacker there, I feel terrible about what you're going to find later in the draft. I right. feel especially terrible about what's going to happen if you trade up for Derwin James. Now you're probably not picking Michael Gallup. Maybe you can't address tight end the way you want to. Uh, and I, I hear people at home. You don't pick for need. Don't pick for need. But. You can well not not only that but like you can do both. I legitimately I, I agree. If Derwin James had been there, I still think they would have picked Leighton Vanderesh. And you can draft a linebacker who is capable of starting at 19 while still holding on to picks that help you address other things. And so, um, you know, I I had other guys that I liked more than him, but I think the I think the pick makes perfect sense, and I don't have a single problem with that. All right. Let's talk about the free safety position. Um, obviously, the big name that everybody was talking about was the possibility that the Cowboys would trade uh, for Earl Thomas. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys straight up. If, if there were a scenario in the draft where the Cowboys could have given up uh, their second round pick for Earl Thomas, would you have been willing to do that? Or would it have to have been a third or lower pick for you to go for Earl Thomas? If you had told, if there was a scenario, yeah, if there was a scenario. 
where where fifty would would be what had to to be given up, would you have been willing to give that up? And we, and again, you got to do it in the context of you're giving it up as opposed to taking Connor Williams. Can we just say that's that there the right was? Answer? Can we just say that? If you I, know that, I, don't know I, I that. I'm I'm pretty sure that there was. Okay, Seattle was ready to do it. I think the Cowboys looked at it and said Connor Williams is is fits our need right now, and if we don't take him, then we're not addressing this need. And yes, we could we address the safety position for one year at least. Um, and and then by not doing it, you draft the guard or you draft Connor Williams, and it's still open to maybe get a veteran safety if it's Earl Thomas or somebody else. You can still do it, so you don't close the door there. So. I understand what they what they did there. Uh, yeah, I wanted to. I, I still want that thing to happen, and I think it can, and and I still think it will. But I understand what they did there. It, okay, tell me who the veteran is because it's Xavier Woods is not your safety to start it. So it's going to be somebody. Who is it going to be? Just you're closing the door on that. Yep. Okay. Because mm-hmm. he's because he's short and he's fifth round and he's he's sixth round. They had a third round grade on him though. Sorry, sixth round sixth round pick. And I just don't think he's the. You, I mean, you don't think that this front office has shown a willingness to bank on their hopes for a player rather than the reality of the situation. They do it all the time. They do it all the time. I'm just saying he. They will back it up with somebody else. It'll but, be one of those three veterans or Earl Thomas. There'll be one of the three free agents out there. Oh, I agree. Him. They're going to add a safety this summer. Right. I would bet money on that. They will add a safety, like a, an accomplished safety. And they'll but, tell us they like Xavier and he can compete and Kayvon. Oh, yeah, Kayvon too and all but that I stuff. Really, I, I mean, I don't know that it'll be anything worth getting excited about. I mean, I and I don't know anything. I don't, I don't know that I think this is likely. I don't think they'll do anything to this position until the summer. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's J.J. Wilcox. Just he just got cut yesterday. I, I'm dead serious. <laughs> you can be as upset about it as but, you want. But honestly, I you mean, already have that guy, right? They have like four of those. Right. Guys. That, Save on I don't Frazier. think I don't think he gives you anything. And no, that's, I like JJ, that's the problem. I don't think J.J. really gives you anything based upon the other guys that are out there. At least maybe he, there's an upside with him that you haven't seen. He gives you a veteran who knows how to run the scheme and has shown that he can do it all right as long as you limit his snap count. Right. Which, but again. We've seen this team do stuff like that before where they're just like, well, Heath can do it. Yeah. Like they do. I mean, this team has a lot of faith in their coaching and their scheme. And I'm not saying I agree with it, but I mean, this isn't a team that has done a ton of like bold swing for the fences type stuff over the last four years. And that's not to say that that's always been wrong, but they just they have a lot of confidence that their way can work. So I don't feel super confident that they're going to do something drastic. I do think they'll add to the position, but I don't know. Uh, to answer you, if you'd told me Friday morning that pick 50 would get me Earl Thomas, I would have been so all in. But knowing now that it was that it got you Connor Williams, I'm a little more reluctant because, I mean, that, that was a guy, he probably would have been a top 15 pick if he'd come out after his junior year. Yep. And even still – uh, I mean, Brian had him rated higher than Leighton Vander Esch. I mean, this was a guy we talked when we went down to Austin for that pro day tour. We talked about him maybe being the first or second tackle off the board, and maybe you draft him at 19. So again, you got insane value on that. So I'm reluctant to give that up for a 30 year old safety. Yeah, you know, I don't know how real or true this is, but sometimes I get to thinking and feeling that they might be focusing too much on their strength. You know, let's reinforce the O-line. Let's 
take care of the offense, you know, wide receiver, let's build this great offense. And I get it. That is your strong point and you should do that. But at the end of the day, they, I feel like they remember seeing what they can do with Zeke and a great O-line, right? Now they're wanting to get that back. And it's like, once you get to a point in the season, playoffs, we've seen that if you don't have a good defense that can go out there and stop the offense, you don't necessarily win games, right? So I just get afraid of them focusing too much on that aspect and kind of forgetting those little areas. As far as safety, when you talk about safety, they, they've shown that it's not, I mean, according to them, they're like, okay, well, we're fine with what we got right now. Xavier Woods, if we need to move back some guys back from a corner that they can play safety, you can do that. That's not what I'm wanting to hear. You know, that's a big need, and it's disappointing to see that it wasn't addressed. And as far as linebacker, that came down to an obvious thing that they all know, Sean Lee, and we saw what happened last year. You got Tyron Smith out, Sean Lee out, you know what that causes. But at the same time, you 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 can't forget about those other areas. But I think I think that's the key. If you If you look at last season, and you guys may disagree, but I feel like last season when things went wrong – it was when Sean Lee was out of the lineup. It was when Tyron Smith was out of the lineup. Um, and I think, obviously, you could talk about uh, Zeke as well. But I think those two players, I think we figured out very quickly that without those two players, they had bigger ramifications on a lot of other positions. And that's why I look at this draft and say, when you talk about them drafting for need, I think it was absolutely about need. I think they looked at that, too, and said, even when you go back to free agency, the fact that they went and picked up Fleming, I think what they said with Fleming and what they said with Connor Williams is we are not going to be in a situation this year where if our left tackle goes down, we are screwed. We're going to give ourselves a chance to still be able to play because what we saw in that Atlanta game specifically was after that Atlanta game, I don't think Dak was the same beyond that. And I think what they don't want to see is a young quarterback that gets ruined because an offensive line can't protect him. And that's what happened in Atlanta. So I think when you look at Van Der Esch and you look at Connor Williams, those two picks were all about the fact that last season, those two positions held you hostage and they don't want that to happen again. Now you have to make sure that you're not holding Dak's hand this whole season. And by that, I mean overprotecting him and the whole saying of making this offense Dak friendly. You're at the point that you can't do that. We need to find out who Dak really is and what he can really do. So there's some, and it's great. Obviously we know We've seen the success they can have, but at the same time, it's you got to be careful how much help you give that guy. Or, well, I don't know. I, I mean, mean you want to you, you can't overprotect your quarterback, though. In my opinion, that's. I mean, I get it, but I guess where I'm trying to get at is like I don't want them to just fully rely on the running game. I I need to see Dak throwing those passes. I need to see him connecting with the, his receivers. You know, that's my point. It's right, like okay, let's not protect him that much. Like. In the fact, like, let's give him those easy throws again, or let's go back to what he did in 2016. No, now we need to see some improvement there. Now we need to see that they can throw the ball down the field. Teams with NFL MVPs on their roster make picks to help and protect their quarterbacks. I mean, I yeah, I agree. I don't think you can do enough for that. And I get your point. You want to see some growth. You want to know that he can do stuff beyond just make the easy read, but uh, I can't. I can't complain about making that running game as good as possible because I mean the running game fueled their run deep. You know when they had a shot with Tony Romo, it was the run game. Mm-hmm. I mean Demarco ran for more yards than Zeke did. Uh, so 
that's I mean, that's something every quarterback should want. So I don't have a problem with that. And and again, I see your point that you want to see Dak develop, but I think all of these picks will help in his development. So I don't you have just a never know what can happen. And of course. you you want to be sure that your guy is able to do other things aside than hand off the ball and you have a great running game. You want to make sure you have other weapons and that you're able to succeed in that way because you never know what can happen. Well, that's a good point, and we're going to hold that right there. I do want to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about one of those other weapons that we'll see how he fits into this offense, but Cowboys go out and get speech to Tavon Austin. Let's talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. Welcome back. We're in the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking draft, uh, and we're talking a little bit of a uh, little bit of trade action. Cowboys uh, traded for a couple players this last week. During Busy the draft. weekend, and uh, one of those players uh, who I thought was a very interesting trade uh, was Tavon Austin. This is a guy that, when he was drafted, was drafted I think number eight overall. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. It, it was, was first round. It was high. It was I, definitely yeah. a top ten pick. Um, it feels like he's been in the league a lot longer than I mean he was in six 20, years. He was twenty thirteen, so he was Travis's yeah. year. It seems like he's been in the league since like two thousand seven. But it doesn't seem like, and, and you guys can can have different opinion on this, but it doesn't seem like he's had the kind of impact um, that that you would probably expect from an eight overall pick. Uh, but that being said. Um, I do think that players sometimes go to other places and they're used in different ways and you can utilize them and, and, and realize benefits of them in different ways. So talk to me about what he does. What does he bring to the table that the Cowboys didn't currently have when they decided to trade for him? He's an experienced, uh, dynamic type player that, that can probably use the sideline to sideline better than, than they've had in the past. Uh, I think he's He's like what they wanted to to get out of Lucky Whitehead, but a little bit more vertical and down the field. Um, I see this very similar to 
uh, NBA players that are drafted ninth, 10th overall, and they don't work out there because of the contract you're paying them and the expectations, but they go somewhere else. And they're pretty good in that role, like a J.J. Redick type of player where, where it's like, oh, my God, what a bad pick. You know, he's not that good. But then he goes to another place and it makes more sense. I think this will make more sense. Not asking him to save the world, just just make some plays and, and help in the, in the punt return. He I mean, it's an upgrade from Ryan Switzer. So I think I think it's a great pick for the sixth round when you you're just throwing picks. You I mean, gave up a sixth round pick. Yeah. I mean, two years ago, they took a good rebounder. So in the sixth round. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're just you get a you get a first round talent in Tavon Austin with a diff, with a a fresh start. Yeah. Yeah. That's still young, by the way. Yeah. I uh oh no, I I love this move. I hes- I hesitate to compare him to a Hall of Famer, but I, he reminds me of Devin Hester. Hmm. By like I mean it's I mean he's Wow. That's that would a, yeah. that'd be nice. Well, and I'm not saying he's going to return 25 kicks for touchdowns, but he's got or whatever that number was, but he's got dynamic ability in the return game. He's better than the guys they've had here in recent years and he is not a he is not a dynamic receiver in the sense that like his route tree or his ability down the field is going to wow you. I don't even, you know, I don't even think of him as Nick's like speed guy. I don't think you're going to be throwing this guy a lot of nine routes. Right. Like let Deontay Thompson or somebody do that. Like, but he can, you know, bubble screens, jet sweeps, anything near the line of scrimmage. Uh, I just looked it up. I mean, he's, he's never had more than 40 or 50 receptions in a, in a season, Never more than four or five hundred yards, but he did when he was healthy for the Rams was getting, you know, 40 to 50 carries a year and averaging four, five, six, seven, eight yards per carry. I mean, we talked about it on Twitter the other day. Like it was so hilarious how the lucky jet sweep, everybody knew it was coming and it still worked for 10 to 15 yeah. yards every time he did it. So I think you got a guy who can do all of that stuff, but hopefully better. That's exactly right. And I, I think um, one thing I want to clear up, and I want your opinions on this, uh, we heard a term web back being used quite a bit um, as kind of the role that they see in playing. And I think it seems to me at least that a lot of fans on Twitter have taken that to mean that he is going to be their running back, their third running back or third down running back. Although I think he's going to play some of those roles, I want to be clear. It sounds like he's actually coming in here to be a wide receiver. He'll be working out with the wide receivers, but he will be kind of that hybrid player that will sometimes line up in the backfield, sometimes line up wide. We'll do a little bit of everything, although he'll probably be working with the wide receiver group. Is that how you guys see it? Yes. When they drafted Switzer, they said that Switzer is going to do some things that Lance Dunbar was doing for them. So they've always kind of had this role of a running back. I mean, remember, Lance caught up more passes, I think, than he had carries. So it'll be that type of role there i think for him uh you're not going to see him run the ball in third and one or two like you know unless it's maybe a jet sweep or something like that i, I just think what it does is it just brings the game more um you know horizontal i guess if you will just just kind of use all all 53 yards of the field and just kind of spread things out more so and and that might be what you see if if you've got a different tight end here, which I'm sure is on your list. It is on my list. So. And actually, uh, before we get to that tight end position, I did want to talk about some of the other wide receivers that the Cowboys picked up. Uh, they made two draft picks of wide receivers, Michael Gallup and uh, Cedric um, Wilson. Cedric Wilson, I'm sorry. Um, talk to me about what their skills are. Like, What kind of receivers did the Cowboys pick up, and what can they deliver to this wide receiver group that they maybe didn't have uh, before or is it just more of the same I think I mean you heard us talk about it in the draft coverage I mean um, Gallup 
is like a third round version of DJ Moore. I think you're getting the same type of player. This isn't your Tough. Bi- this isn't your big bodied Des guy. He's a he's an accomplished route runner for what he is. Not to say he doesn't need to work on it, but he's got a good route tree. He's tough. He's physical. He's hard to bring down. Um, and then Wilson, I, Wilson was at the senior bowl. I know like he can move inside and outside again, like these, you know, it's not that classic receiver type where it's either like a, a big bodied guy or a burner. They're just well-rounded, you know, average looking wide receivers, which I think that's, you know, Steven Jones keeps talking about it. They're not, they're at peace with the fact that they don't have a number one. They're just trying to throw as many solid, well-rounded receivers at, at it as possible. And uh, I think it's going to be really fun because I think there's probably only two on this receiver core that have guaranteed jobs by the end of training camp. So have fun figuring out who's going to make the team. Even with Switzer being gone now, you think only two of them are guaranteed a spot at this point? Go down the line. I mean, Alan Hearns is here. They gave him too much money for him not to be, and he has a skill set that not a lot of these other guys have. And then Gallup is here because they just spent a top 100 pick on him. But who else? I mean, Terrence, I, you, you might be... I feel be, pretty confident Terrence is going to be you, I mean, it would surprise me, but that's not... I mean, a $4 million cap hit is not so crazy that if he just gets badly outperformed in training camp that they wouldn't do it, but... It would have to be something drastic. It, I, to yeah. be honest with you, probably for him and Cole, it would probably have to be something pretty drastic I, for them not to be on the team. I would expect them to make the team, but I, I mean, I can't sit here and say that they have like this crazy job security, not with all these other guys that are going to be fighting for roster spots. So with I, I think that they're not going to get cut, but I could see a trade scenario, especially mm-hmm. with um, maybe not with Terrence as much, but with definitely with Cole. If, I mean, if you wanted to to go that route, um, but I, I still think they're going to try to make that work with Beasley, and, and and you know that's a guy that works well with Dak, and you know Dak is that's that's a throw that he can make. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny here but that is that is one that he's good but i agree with when you go back to what she said earlier and i've said this as well uh i think on the last show is that you know the time is now for him i mean he dak needs to really take his game to another level um this whole dak friendly stuff i mean these are guys that can get open catch the ball and make plays for him and and he, he needs that but he needs to to kind of elevate their game as well so i think this is a big time for him especially if you don't have the the tight end that you're that you've had the first two years. So let's talk about that. Jason Witten, uh last what was that, Thursday? Or was Friday. It Friday. Friday. Uh we hear word that there is uh, at least some contemplation, some serious contemplation uh on Jason's part that he will hang him up uh and and instead opt for a position in the Monday night football booth, uh calling those games. There was also a report that came out I think Saturday that another network may have stepped in and, and created an offer for him as well. So now he's at a point where he's trying to make a decision on whether he continues to play uh, or whether he opts to, to step away from football and uh, and just focus on broadcasting. That being said, um, do you think that um, – what do you think of what the Cowboys have left at tight end? Let's assume right now that what they have, you remove Jason Witten from it, do the Cowboys have enough of the position to be able to enter the, the season and feel good about what they want to do uh, with the tight ends they have? You want to take that? or me? I, I, Yeah, you, that, that's the biggest curveball you've ever thrown. Um, How's that? That was a good curve. It was like it started here and went down. Because <laughs> this is Jason Witten, and you're just like, 
Okay. We don't know what he's well, going to do. But, but the point out. is we don't. And I I'm, I don't feel comfortable I putting words in his mouth on what he's going to do. I don't I don't know that he knows right now no. what he's going to do. So no, you're right. unless you have some insight, feel free to jump on in and I give did. it to us. I did. Well, 15 let's start minutes with that. ago. And then eight minutes ago it changed. <laughs> and then four minutes ago it changed. And now it's back to what it was. 50, it, it's up in the air. Right. This, is a, this guy is a damn football player. That's what he is. And that's what he always will be. And okay, I th- Garrett. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't Fair. have any information. You don't have anything? Mm-mm. Answer that part about the... I don't... I mean, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that, like, oh, they're fine. Everything's going to be okay. Like, this, the tight end position certainly looks like a trouble spot if Jason Witten's not on the team. But I'm just... I don't, I'm not losing a ton of sleep over it. I mean, it's... It's funny, one of those things where, like, all through the spring, it was like, Witten's holding this team hostage. He's not what he used to be. He's terrible. <laughs> like, he's holding this offense back, and then he's like, I might retire, and everyone's like, we're oh screwed. Yeah. Ah! Um, I think, you know, th- there will be a drop-off from a locker room standpoint as well as an on-field standpoint, obviously. I mean, obviously. Um, but just you look at the, the talent, I think uh, Jeff Swaim – and Blake Jarwin, God, how many times over the weekend did Steven and Jerry Jones say Blake Jarwin by name? Like, this dude must be freaking <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Like, they love. Going back to my point, this team is not afraid to have faith in guys that they developed. I mean, you talk about the safety spot. How they're just like, now this guy we signed undrafted last year is pretty great. We're good. Um, and then they get Dalton Schultz in the fourth round. The other thing that I'm interested in is. If Jason Witten's not here to play 97% of the snaps, maybe that frees you up to play different looking football. Maybe you see more uh, 10 personnel, no, you know, four receivers, no tight ends, or maybe you see more, you know, even more 11 than you're used to with one tight end. Um, I don't know. Like, I'll be interested to see because I would imagine if the drop off is as severe as people want to make it out to be, then I would adapt my personnel to make up for the fact that I don't have a great tight end. Yeah. Last year, I think 11 personnel was probably the most, it was the predominant yeah. uh, thing that they did. And, and particularly when they were in two minute, uh, they would typically have Witten on the field with three wide receivers. And I always thought when they drafted Ryan Switzer, my thought was if no. you can have no, that 10 personnel where it's Switzer and it's, right. and it's no. Beasley in the two slots, it gives you some really great opportunities to do some cool stuff. I'm I'm fascinated by the thought of this team playing 10 personnel. I think that is suited to Dak. I think it's suited to Zeke. Give Dak more options to throw. Put smaller defensive personnel on the field so Zeke has a matchup advantage. Uh, you've got, I mean, if Connor Williams is joining this line, then your line should be even more capable of handling it without a tight end. Uh, and then, again, smaller personnel, so you clear Dak up to maybe run if he wants to. I just I love the thought of them yep. doing more of that. I think the most important part thing you said right there was that it forces that linebacker off the field. Yeah. With Witten on the field, you could put get, a linebacker out there to cover small, him. You cannot do that and if you've got one of those And I'll run my 230-pound running back right at your face. Right. Let's go. And if you want to spread him out, that's a great way to spread him out and force them to still be able to respect uh, and make a decision between whether they're going to respect all those wide receivers or respect the fact you still got a beast in the backfield. I think that's your best way to do it as opposed to 11 personnel with Whitfield. I, I would be a big fan of that, but yeah. they don't ask for my opinions. Not yet. Amber, did you have an opinion on that? I mean, I'm st- I'm just shocked. I think it took everyone by surprise, the whole Witten retirement thing. Very much so. So, I don't know. I- I'm going to be happy with whatever decision he makes. Honestly, I thought his time was coming up. I didn't expect it to be this year, but we all knew that his time was coming up. He's starting to slow down. He's still an amazing player, better than most 
out there, even with him slowing down. So it's it's gonna be a big drop off, and I'm curious to see what's up with Rico Gathers. I don't, I still don't know the story behind him. Yeah, get in line, <laughs> Nick. With <laughs> the uh, during the draft, there were some, I guess, the better tight ends in the draft, which I don't know how great you put them on the scale. But there were some better tight end options in the first and second round. Do you think the Cowboys missed an opportunity to not either draft one of those guys or even in the second round trade up if they needed to in order to secure the services of one of those top two tight ends? I think that, you know, I don't think they were interested in in taking Goddard at at 50. I mean, so that was another. And if Philadelphia really needed the guy, that, that, you know, that's good for them. Um, You know, they, they didn't have a... The Eagles, as an organization, did not have a great Friday night in, in trying to trump the Cowboys. And so if that was their attempt, then I don't think it really mattered. Now, if they I need, thought it matched up. I thought they needed it. They lost they their two it, backup fine. tight ends. So. But based off of what we saw there, I mean, I don't think that – I mean, they obviously were making an attempt. And, and, and they, they, they tried to, to, to jump Dallas because they thought Dallas needed a tight end. I think it was both. I think they, they needed a tight end, and they yeah, knew Dallas would take the tight end. Nobody has right? ever traded up for a player they didn't need. Right. I'm just, I'm just saying, but they obviously thought that Dallas needed them. And if that would have been, to be honest with you, if that would have been Oakland sitting in that spot, and they knew Oakland needed a tight end, Maybe. they would have jumped Oakland to get right. that tight end. I don't think teams are trying to make any statements as much as they are trying to get the players that are best for their team. Not trying the to make, you only got a few picks. Not trying to make a statement, but... The narrative was pretty evident, Brad. Right. And 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 I mean, the Cowboys did homework on tight ends on Friday. Right. They called around. They talked, but yeah. I don't think the Cowboys would have drafted Dallas Goddard had he been right. there. And that's the important point. I think a lot of people missed that. That it was pretty clear in some of the things that we've heard. I know we've heard it. Uh, that 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 wasn't even a part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. There were other players that were being considered, but, and really, Connor Williams was their target. Philly's move makes sense. Like I don't think they yeah. did it to rub no, anybody's face in it, right? But they were like, "Well, this is a team that well, needs their a pick tight end." Was the announcement? No, of, of, the well, pick of course, was, yeah, of course that was. Well, that I'm talking about the move. That was the biggest fail of all time. <laughs> I mean, seriously, you bring you bring a puberty kicker to the <laughs> stage who didn't win a ring. That was. Did you see uh, Tyrone Crawford's tweet? No. Where he just kind of ended it with put yeah. some bass in your voice. He like, was like, a kicker said that? <laughs> just, no, I mean. Just put some bass in your voice. I mean, like, I've watched enough wrestling in my day <laughs> that the guy walks out there with the belt. Like, that's it. Yeah. So walk out with the trophy and then just make the pick. That's all you have to do. In the last 365 days, what has happened? You won a championship, which is great. Good job for them. But that's all you have to say. I mean, come up with something better than that. Then let's bring <laughs> David Akers. They should have been sent Dawkins. That's, like, that I've been would have saying been, that for months. that would have been a better guy. He's to represent. got as many rings as you. Yeah, but still, I he's still it. probably he's a better in, guy. Ah, enforcer, I get yeah, it. Hall yeah. of Famer, but I, am I? I think Dawkins is technically part of their organization right okay, now. Like I think he. Then, oh, he like works for them. Then then? Do I think that. so. Yeah, but don't. Well, so no, does, we sent Miles Austin up there. He works for the Cowboys. That's what I'm saying. But I'm no Miles Austin. My point. I think he does. Does he not? I haven't seen him in a while. My no, point is that I think I haven't seen him either. I, Andre's still here. I don't know about yeah. Miles. Uh, I think Dawkins technically got a ring. Is what okay. I'm trying to say. Either way, Denver, right? I would have. That would no, be a good with, one. You, with Philly. He works. Oh, for them because now. he works yes. for them last year. Yes, he, I got you. I got you. I think it took me a while to get there. It's fine. It's fine. 
I would, yeah, they could have done a way better job. <laughs> we could have too. Yeah. All right, let's take our final break. We're going to come back. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Jahid, uh, Jihad Ward, uh, another player the Cowboys picked up on Saturday. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking draft. Uh, Cowboys make nine picks, trade for two guys, come away with a lot of players. And uh, we're actually going to see some of those players here coming up. Uh, the rookies will be here next weekend uh, for the rookie mini camp. Um, and then I think it's the week after that or maybe two weeks after that, the Cowboys, Cowboys will start their official on-field activities. Uh, and uh, we'll be bringing you all the coverage from those um, then heading up to uh, training camp in July. All right, so let's let's talk about one of those other players that the Cowboys traded for this last weekend, Jihad Ward, uh, who is a defensive tackle. Uh, they traded uh, with Oakland. Uh, that was the trade where they sent off Ryan Switzer and picked up Jihad Ward. Talk to me about Jihad Ward and what kind of player he is, where he, where he possibly fits. He's um, probably a three-technique that, can play some one and get up the field. They they started uh, liking him at the Senior Bowl when they covered when they coached there a couple of years ago. Uh, and he just I don't think he was a good scheme fit for what Oakland was trying to do, especially now with 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 the new staff that they have in there. So just an just an opportunity at the Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh, Oakland needed a guy, uh, you know, and and obviously uh, Basaccia knows Switzer and 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 wanted to get him and. You know, and they're just kind of looking at the roster like, well, who would you part ways with? Yeah, well, you know, we could use this. So I think it just kind of works, and let's see. Uh, yeah, it's disappointing that we never really got a look at what Switzer could bring to the offense, but it's the it's a perfect trade. Like, both teams got something they needed. Both teams uh, had to part ways with something to do it. I, I, I just found out within the last two weeks, it's famously 
you know, the Cowboys wanted Donnell Pumphrey and the Eagles took him one or two picks before. Mm-hmm. Basachi is the reason Switzer was here. Basachi was like, all right, Pumphrey's gone. This is the guy we need to get. And so they did it. And it, so it makes perfect sense that as soon as, as soon as they added Tavon Austin, well, Basachi had probably told Gruden or Reggie McKenzie, like, get on the phone. Let's get this and, guy. And Keith O'Quinn is one of the reasons that Tavon Austin is here. You know, he sat down right next to Jerry when they were thinking about it and said, you know, does this guy make us better? And he was just like, are you kidding me? Like 100% better tomorrow. He makes us better. And literally, he, he you know, when he said tomorrow, he was. I mean, he, you know, we saw the video we put out there. I mean, he yeah, shows up yesterday here, already. here you know, ready to go. And I think this is one of those cases where a, a fresh start's really going to help him. But it, that's where it starts, where punt return, a little bit of the offense. I, I've, I think if Switzer really would have been able to contribute. I think we would have seen maybe more than 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 four catches. I mean, I know he didn't get a great opportunity, but I I think he you know, if he had a whole lot there to give, I think we would have seen a little bit more there. Maybe. I and I, you I mean, maybe I'm Beasley's not, right in his way. Maybe there's just no I'm not, reason for I'm not, not when you got Witten on the team, well, I think. I'm not trying to say maybe, the dude maybe. is I'm not trying to say he's Welker, but I think Beasley and Witten both being there probably hindered right. His opportunities, but again, I mean, if he goes on to have a Hall of Fame career, uh, no offense to Ryan, I, you know, I wouldn't bank on that. So, I think you guys, but I think he could go on to be a productive receiver. Yeah, absolutely. I I think I think it was about opportunities for him last year. He didn't get a lot of them. Yeah, he really didn't. But Um, again, I then especially post if you had Tavon Austin, you didn't. Again, we talk about safety. They didn't draft a D tackle either, so they got one that they had a good grade on two years ago. He's still early on in his career. It addresses a need. It's basically like drafting a guy. I think you guys need to be cautious about saying that the offense can look so much better and different without Witten because you kind of know what he is there, linebacker on the field, because Witten does give you versatility to run the football and and catch the ball. Now, he doesn't spread you out as much, but, I mean – you don't know exactly what they're doing when he's out there. And I think that's what's made him so great is that they can play big boy football with him out there. They can also spread it out a little bit too. So the next tight end that they get, I mean, it's true. Needs to have some complete package to him. Yeah, I think, I think, and I think that's great. I think that's a great way to look at it, but I do. The one thing I will say is I think there are ways to be able to, to do that. I think, We've seen them at times take an additional offensive lineman and put them on the field. I think there's ways that you can do that. But I also think that on the flip side of that, what he, what you force them to do, as I was saying earlier, you force them to change their personnel. If you've got 10 personnel on the field versus 11 personnel, you force them to add an additional secondary guy. And now they're two. If you, let's assume for a second you've got, uh, you could put Hearns in the slot. Mm-hmm. Hearns plays the slot. Let's assume that you got Hearns in the slot, and let's assume you've got on the other side, you got Cole in the slot. Now you're forcing that other team to have two good enough slot corners. Now you're four deep on their corners. You're forcing both of those to be good enough to be able to cover in man. And I think that's where you can create some real mismatches for yourself um, that maybe you can't create because a linebacker can cover Jason Witten in man coverage at this point in a lot of instances. I don't agree with that. You don't? No. I do not think a linebacker can can just shut him down. That's not what I said. That, I, that's not what I said. What I, I said, I said in a lot of instances, a, a linebacker can. There are a lot of very, very athletic linebackers in today's NFL. I think that there are a lot of those linebackers that can cover Jason Witten right. man-to-man. 
Well, I mean, my point is, is stop making the Pro Bowl, and then we'll see if he's really winding down. He's not the same as he was, but he's still making the Pro Bowl. He's still doing his thing. Get all that. Not saying he's okay, not. So I'm, say, I don't I'm know not how saying many he's linebackers not, are covering him. I'm not saying him. he's not. I'm not. But just look at the production too. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like there were a whole bunch of opportunities last year that that they had to get the ball to Jason. And you know, what I'm saying it just it's not showing up in the in the game. So, so if, something's if he's changed still, in the last happened. couple of years. Something's well, happened. Maybe it's yeah. that guy that's throwing it. Okay, and <laughs> that's fine. Saying. But I'm just saying, whatever's happening, yeah. it's not working. So you have to start throwing different I, things I, at I, it if you're going to get it to work. All right. right. I'm sorry. They, they dedicated a whole wall to people that make the Pro Bowl. I just don't know if it's not working if you're still making the Pro Bowl alternate. Yes, but how many six tight ends better than him last year? I'm just saying he's still he's still producing. He's still producing. It's hard to say that it's not working when he's still producing it. I don't think that's his decision. I think he's pondering what he wants to do because I don't think he wants to get in a situation where he is a liability. And I don't think he was last year. I don't know not if he'll be. Not saying he was. It, I know. I know okay. you're not saying yeah. liability. I'm just saying I still think he can play at a pretty high level. My thing is I think that there is some diversity that they can get in this offense that right now, let's be honest, the problem is right now, when Jason's on the team, Jason ain't coming I, off the field. I understand that, but I think problem. there's some diversity that can happen if you could have both Jason and be able to go to ten personnel. I got you. I think that, you're probably I'm better. I'm with you there, and that, that doesn't he, happen right now. Could, Jason's not coming off the field. I got you. You know, I agree with what you just said, but also I want to see that to believe it before I get all excited about it. This coaching staff is stubborn. I don't. I gotta see. It. I mean, maybe they just do the same stuff with different players. I don't know. Which another thing I was gonna say. Now that I'm trying to sunshine pump. I, I mean, well, what can a fourth round pick possibly be expected to contribute to a team in his rookie year? I'm being sarcastic because Dak was a fourth round pick. But mm. uh, you know, this time of year, I love to do I, like informal poll. Anytime I see somebody from football ops, I'm just like, who's your favorite pick? And I just you know, just out of curiosity, a lot of people talking about Dalton Schultz as that mm-hmm. guy. I mean, coming from Stanford, he knows how to do exactly the type of stuff they want a tight end to Whitten do. Whitten was a third-round pick. Like, yeah. it, it's not unheard of to get a good tight end. And and if you listen to some of the things that, that people that were around when Jason got here say, like, Jason didn't come in the door being as well-rounded as he became. It was a lot of hard work. And really, Parcells, like, I remember Parcells talking about how important it was to be that well-rounded tight end, not just to be a pass catcher or not just a blocking guy, but if you're going to be great, if you're going to be among the great tight ends, to be well-rounded. And so if they can do the same thing with Schultz, maybe he has enough of that to to kind of develop him into Witten Light, right? Mm-hmm. Secrets in the dirt. That's what Witten says. Mm. Let's get some questions. What do yeah, we have over so there? So we we kind of we hit on the same dirt they were drawing plays at with Romo. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We talked about safety, and there seems to be a lot of confusion or questions in regards to why do the Cowboys need a safety. So I would like to for you guys to please expand on this or explain why are the Cowboys not okay with just Jeff Heath, Kevin Frazier, Xavier Woods. Oh, the Cowboys are okay with that. We don't think they should be okay with <laughs> okay, that. Okay, yeah, technically they are okay. Yeah, you got bodies are there really? that can do the job. That but mean, they're, why they're, do they're, we see that as a need? Because they're moving Byron Jones, which a, a lot of, you know, if we're talking about fan questions, fans hate that guy more than he deserves. Yeah. Uh, they're moving him to corner. They literally don't have, a, I mean, Xavier Woods has four starts to his name, none of which came at free safety. Kayvon Frazier has never started a game. 
Uh, and you have Jeff Heath, who I think is a solid player, and I don't mind him starting, but you need somebody to partner him with. I and mean, so it's basically a projection that a, that Xavier Woods, who they felt great about, I'm not trying to say he can't handle it, but they're ba- like right now they're saying we hope he's up to it. I mean, that's wh- what, what they're two saying. positions can wreck your game, like wreck a game if, if they are if they are playing poorly. Cornerback. I mean, I, to me, it's left tackle and yeah. safety. Because if your safety's not where he needs to be, I mean, it, it's all. I mean, you're you're the last guy. I'd throw there. a cornerback in there too. Corner, but, you yeah. can, but if, I mean, if you have a great free safety, you can also kind of clean. I've it up seen a some little cornerbacks bit. have some bad games that ended up I, wrecking a game. I, I get it, but I guarantee you that that a lot of it was probably bad scheme too. Like, give him some help if he's that bad, or get him off the field. But safety, he needs to kind of be the quarterback of you know of the defense. And I, I think that they, they just need to get better there. I yeah. mean, they, Byron Jones was getting benched last year halfway through the year for, for Kayvon Frazier in a game that they don't really love Kayvon either. And Xavier Woods, we'll see. He makes plays, but, I mean, I think they want to see more of it. But you have a chance to get a guy, that, you know, a veteran out there that, that can play. I think you got to go for it. And I think they will. I want to take exception to something you said earlier about I don't I don't know that I agree that the Cowboys are okay with their safety position. All right, like, let me let me alter it then. Based on everything they've done so far, I have no choice but to conclude that because well, they I, have not done anything. But yet. I, I think that part of that is you can't address. I don't think you can address everything in one draft. Not as many holes and needs as they had. I don't no. think you can. Fortunately, and there's so, no safeties on the free agent market. Right, right. right. But I, but oh, I wait, think that there are. Well. <laughs> But I think that I, maybe those guys don't fit in their opinion. But oh, however it goes, all I'm saying all I'm saying is that I don't know that it's necessarily that they don't see. I think they see that that's something they got to address. And you guys already said it. You think that by by this summer they're going to put some I bring do. somebody else in. So if they that's will. the case, you know that they they feel like they need to address it. I just don't think it fell to them in the way that these no, other and, positions and, and, did. Well, and I'm not killing them for not drafting a safety. I already, I mean, you know, I think Connor Williams is a better pick than Justin Reed. I think Leighton Van Der Esch is a better pick for what they need than Derwin James. I don't know if he's as good of a player, but I mean, like, so it's not that. I get that. And then once you get past the third or fourth round, you're not talking about safeties who fit what they want anyway. You're just, I mean, you're talking about what right. you already have. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And so that doesn't bother me. Um, what will bother me now that they drafted Connor Williams, I feel confident that Lyle Collins isn't going to move. Now I'm bothered by the thought of moving Cheeto Woodsier to safety or making Byron Jones flop back again after he already flopped once. If which you I think hit. they will have to, I, I, well, they you are that little faith in Xavier Woods. They said that, I mean, First of all, Xavier Woods isn't going to get a chance to showcase anything in the next month or two anyway at OTAs. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not football. Right. So I, I don't know. So, I mean, I hate that thought. I And that's they said on Saturday they can address it from within the team because they've got some guys with flex. I hate that. I thought Cheeto looked great in the month that he was playing corner last year. Don't mess with a good thing at an important position. Uh, you might have some really good corners here for the yeah, future. That's my him point, and Jordan. Like I, I really like what point. I'm seeing so far, and and it I, it frustrates me because I I mean for the millionth time I've heard that Kenny Vaccaro and Trey they're not scheme fits. Whatever, they're experienced pro safeties who have started games, and they probably wouldn't be expensive to bring in. So what's the harm? But let me ask you this: if you're gonna if you're gonna go there, like we do know, I mean last year with, specifically with Vaccaro. He wasn't playing very much in 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 uh, in New Orleans. Like well, they, got, they basically, got hurt. yeah. But I'm saying though, they were already not very happy with his play. So my point is, it, for whatever it was, they didn't feel like he was living up to. Well, they also you talking about the fact he's is that why you laughing? 
No, I'm just talking about the fact that I guarantee they would have liked him to be the guy at safety on when Stefan Diggs was making a play. Well, the, I mean, maybe it's harsh. Maybe not. It's harsh because Martin. They drafted Marcus Williams in the top fifty. He had a damn good year. I, know. So, I mean, yeah, they, he did. They had options. You know, if we had but, a top but they felt 50, they but if it was they so good, to upgrade. Then I that's them. the point. They felt like they needed to upgrade the position. Just, so, so that's my question: is what can they really expect from from Vaccaro if they were to bring him in? Is he more of what they, they already do have it right now? They better do it like now. Like, don't wait a while. I mean, what you need is a veteran guy that can come in here and help these younger players. Don't do it in June. The guy's already there. He doesn't know where the where the bathroom is. I mean, let him come in here and be a part of this program. I thought what Tavon Austin did was was really important yeah. from a timing standpoint. I mean, yeah, he can go work out anywhere, but be here and be a part of the team, be a part of the group. That's what they need to get this better. If you're going to do it, do it now. Because you're right. Xavier Woods, Kayvon Frazier, they're not going to make any plays on the ball. They're not going to separate anybody from the, you know the, a pass and knock anyone on, on their ass. I mean, they need – to get a guy that can do it right now, come and in here and play. He he's not more of what they are. Well, in, they're going to tell you, and and they might be right, but they're going to. He's well, he's another like box guy. We already have that, but he's different from what they already have in the sense that he has started and played well and had an NFL career. I mean, he I know. Okay, last year he got hurt. He wasn't a big part of it, but he has started for them and played well. I don't know if he's ever been to a Pro Bowl, but he has been in Pro Bowl consideration. He's been part of a Saints team that made a playoff push, like. Or, or even, I mean, Trey Boston too. It doesn't have to be Kenny Vaccaro. I just, they don't have a guy who has started. What a you game want is experience. At, yes, yeah. I want. I mean, and again, for the millionth time, I feel like I'm worried people think that I hate Xavier Woods and don't think he can play. That's not the case. I just hope is not a strategy. It's not. It's a. I just think that's a bad idea going into Jerry, it. Jerry was asked if Eric Reed was an option, and he he did not answer it either way he didn't say that he's not or he just said I'd, I'd just rather not talk about any veterans that are out there free agents or whatever and eric reed obviously is you know a really good player and a fir- former first round pick and a player that was that kneeled every game right for the anthem yeah that was a big part of it so yeah that's those are the facts i don't know i yeah. mean jerry's not going to say one way or another but just those are the facts whether i mean I don't know. I'll be, I mean, and again, I hope Xavier Woods does. I hope he is the safety of the future because they got a great deal on him. And again, they thought very highly of him, and he fell all the way to the sixth round. Doesn't need to be the safety of the future. He has a he has a unique skill set of being a slot corner type safety. I mean, there, there's a spot for him that doesn't necessarily mean that he has to be back there starting. I but, think. Well, I, I I think Jordan Lewis could be a hell of a slot cornerback, and so if if Xavier Woods can play safety, that's where I would prefer for him to be. But I mean, you talk about look at all the things they've done to foster competition but, at receiver and all these other spots. Like nobody, like the Xavier Woods has gotten the greatest vote of confidence ever. They're literally just like the job's yours to lose. Like you. Can't. Well, but that, I guess that's my point is I don't think they're doing. I think what they're doing right now is. They just haven't found the right opportunity yet. And mm-hmm. I, I, we all agree, by summer, they're going to find somebody to put in that spot. I, would, I, I don't think they're going to camp with just those guys. I would be shocked if they haven't added somebody I, by July. I yeah. still think it's going to be Earl. And maybe it is. All I'm saying is I, I don't, don't think I, I just, don't think they go to camp with, that, with just what they got. I just I, think it is. How? You just trade. You go into next year. Unless. And you don't trade next year's one, but you can trade. Unless he stages a holdout. What is Seattle's uh, motive for doing I kinda that? I kind of agree with you on that. Why do you want to you you? Why would you give up one of your best players for a pick that you can't use for eight months? And if you let him leave in free agency next year, 
then you get a comp pick for him anyway. That's probably going to be a three, I would guess, as good a player well, as it, he is. It just in, depends on the size of the deal he gets. Months. It's going to be significant, right? right? I just 12, think, I mean, when do you want to make this pick? Two years or, or, or next year? I'd rather have next a year. That's what I'm saying. I mean, your scenario is you, you keep him for a year, and then you get a pick a year later. But what, would you, saying, what would you rather have for the 2018 season as the Seahawks, who have already dumped a bunch of players? Would they got you a young secondary now, yeah. A Pro Bowl caliber player or a pick that you can't use until the season's over? I just I, I maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I just I don't think it's as easy to get this done now that the draft's over. I don't know. I all I know is that it, the reason why the Cowboys and other teams wait until the last second to turn in the card is to see if someone's going to offer you next year's one. Well, yeah. I mean that's that's what they always say. Next year's one changes everything. Well, I mean next year's two is still probably valuable. Sure it is. No, so, it is. And and I, I think I agree with both of you guys, and I think both can kind of exist. I think there's kind of the dual things that are probably why a deal hasn't been done is because you're kind of going back and forth between the two. Yeah, they would probably love to get a two from the Cowboys. But on the flip side, as Dave said, they got a young secondary, and they're probably looking at like, well, if we're going to get him for one more year and let him kind of be the, the veteran in this secondary with these young guys, and then even if he walks away, we feel like we'll be compensated with a pick. So either way, we're probably pretty good. So it has to be a pick that we're getting from a team that just knocks our socks off for yeah. us to actually move us, to actually make us say, yeah, we got to do it now yeah. and struggle with next year having an extremely young secondary. And that's why, I mean, that's why stuff like that happens on draft weekend because it's like you pick up the phone and you're like, you can have pick 81 in 15 minutes. So just add that to whatever you're already about to do. Like you have that instant chance to upgrade your team. Whereas now it's like, well... We're going to lose one of our best players for these 16 games that matter so much, and we don't get to do anything about it until next April. Right. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I just think it's way it's even more unlikely than it already well, was. Well, let them go get Vaccaro. <laughs> oh, this, oh, hey. <laughs> and they probably would, that would be that would <laughs> they'll be, be happy, right? That would be upsetting for me is like the Cowboys are like, he's not a scheme fit. He's not a scheme fit. We don't want him. And then somehow the Cowboys get Earl Thomas and the Seahawks go sign him to do what the Cowboys said he couldn't do, yeah. which that's probably well, what the, the, the other thing about the Seahawks to remember is their strong safety. They don't know what's going to happen with him. He still has not come back from that injury. Yeah. So if they're going to lose him too, now you have a completely different secondary from what you had at the beginning of last season. And are you willing to let the guy who is the kind of the centerpiece of that in, in Earl Thomas go. The, the reason why I still think this is happening, or, or there's going to be some veteran, is that they had 10 picks to start the draft, and they had to sign 18 more free agents. So they had to bring in 28 players. I think it ended up being 27 because of the trade. But, I mean, they brought in 28 players. And there's one safety who's an undrafted player from Oregon. That just tells me that there's still – nobody's come in here and changed their mind about anything. In fact, it's even worse because you got 27 pick, uh, players that have come through and you haven't added anyone. So it's even more of a need. Yeah, I, I mean, Rolando McClain, the year he was good, he joined this team on like July 10th, you know? I just, so I don't think this is done. I just would be surprised if it's ET. All right, guys, appreciate you joining us. We are back next Wednesday. We'll give you guys a little bit more. We'll talk a little bit more about this team and where they stand right now at each position after the draft and after free agency. Until then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?